call to the booth. I keep to leave here along with Harrison Sanford. We're going to take an early look at this fantasy football world with Ian Hardis from Pro Football Focus. You don't want to miss that, man. Who stock up? Who stock down? Tune in. Paul, drop that beat. We're back like we left our car keys. Harrison Sanford, the peep to leave. This is called to the booth. We promised you we'll have another podcast this week, and this time we're going to focus on fantasy football coming out of the NFL draft. We are joined by Ian Hardis, lead fantasy football analyst for PFF and host of the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, Ian, I am excited to have you and Akeem go back and forth and break down uh, some great uh strategies and players that you should focus for fantasy football this upcoming season because we promised our audience we'll help them get some chips but before we do that i know most of the time you're accurate but sometimes you have to deal with a little bit of kickback when you're not when you don't always get it right and I, most of the time you do get it right because trust me i've been following you for a while uh but sometimes you can't always get it right it would be too easy the mentions are not always clean, you know, after some of these games on Sunday get stirred up. Uh, one of the funnier things is, man, I do these helicopter predictions on a lot of Sundays. I basically try to pick someone maybe going a little bit under the radar and I'll just drop in this weird Twitter art thing and say, you know, this guy's going for 100 plus yards and two touchdowns. I nailed Deshaun Jackson the first time I did it week one, 2019. Obviously can't get every single week though. And it's just funny to me how people always have something to say, you know, when 405 comes around when, you know, the box scores are in and locked, whereas you make the predictions a few days before and you know people all of a sudden are pretty okay with it so one funny thing to me was I unfortunately projected Kenny Galladay to have a huge game against the Colts who good defense but I just didn't really think that they had been a, you know face a worthy opponent and unfortunately Galladay goose egged not because he sucked but because he got hurt before halftime and I actually had people afterwards even though Marvin Jones caught two touchdowns in that very same game so you can maybe see where I was coming from with the prediction people right. still were coming to me uh, later on Sunday saying what the hell are you talking about man you couldn't be more wrong there but the way i figure it man if the worst part of the job is every now and again i get strangers barking at me on twitter things could be worse <laughs> Akeem, what you Akeem, what you got i know this year you started to peek into fantasy football i know over the years you probably had family members or homies yeah. say okay but what, what, what's what do you think about this betting line and i'm assuming majority of the time because of your knowledge you're right but i imagine there might be one like yo keep you, you you let me down the wrong path. How, how do you how do you, how do you kick back for that? Last season, I I was I did pretty good last season. So when the homies would call me, ask me what they think, is he gonna do this? You know, I I, I think I came out. I think I made it out pretty cool. But uh, you are gonna be wrong. You know, it's usually the inf the people who I'm giving information to, they usually like my friends and stuff, right? So they feel comfortably, they feel real comfortable bashing me, right? So I get all I get. I'm the I'm, I'm the butt of all the jokes, boy. Stick to playing, and uh, you know what I'm saying? I, I done heard it all, Ian, so, hey, trust me. I get it, too. 100%. Uh, oh, what you guys should do is when you get it right, you come back with the receipts and say, well, where's my commission on oh, this you, bet that you place? Oh, you know I come with the post. I come with the post. You know, what I'm you know how we do, Harrison. I got to let them know. Post it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, excited to break down and keep. I know you referenced what we did this past year. We are going to talk about some potential no-fly zones uh, defenses that you should be trying to stay away from when you're targeting an offense or a wide receiver. But first, let's talk about some fantasy studs coming out of this NFC, uh, out of the NFL draft this past weekend. Uh, Ian, is there any player that, that was either recent drafted this year or because of things kind of shaped out in the draft that you're really seeing a movement upwards in draft boards? 
a couple guys really stand out to me as just having gotten the best case landing spots because as much as you might love a certain prospect, you know, like Virginia Tech's um, Elijah Herbert was one of these running backs that a lot of people were high on. Now he's on the Bears and he's behind three guys that are likely going to get touches ahead of him. So right. the landing spot and the draft capital for fantasy especially is just so important in projecting what they're going to do in 2021. So with that said, guys, Najee Harris of the Steelers is just best case. And I understand their offensive line still has a ways to go, but you look at last year, the bottom three offensive lines in the league were the Chargers in terms of PFF run blocking grade, the Chargers, the Steelers, and the Dolphins. I mean, both Eckler and Miles Gaskin were still top 12 PPR backs because they catch passes. That's exactly what we're expecting Najee Harris to do in Pittsburgh because as much as we've seen a committee here for the past two years, I mean, 2014 and 2018, whether it's Le'Veon Bell, James Conner, D'Angelo Williams when Le'Veon was kind of getting suspended there uh, for a couple games uh, here and there, all these guys were just getting one of the biggest workhorse roles in the league and I feel like Mike Tomlin who is a featured runner guy you know he has that mentality he's talked about that I think they get back to making Harris you know the next great Steelers back for me he's a top 15 back right away and that feels low just two other quick notes typically in fantasy we want to focus at least for rookies and the top three rounds over 80 percent of top performing QBs running backs wide receivers and tight ends since 2010 have been top uh excuse me round one round two or round three picks I think we have two potential exceptions this year though Amon Ross St. Brown for the Lions who Akeem I'd love to hear you know if you have any thoughts about you know him or these Lions receivers because it's just the most wide open offense in the league in terms of available targets from last year so somebody's got to be catching those passes from Jared Goff I know he's not everybody's favorite quarterback but the guy's still going to throw for yards I think St. Brown could be a sneaky target to lead the way in targets and also Jets running back Michael Carter I mean going in the draft we saw the Steelers the Jets and really the Falcons as the three teams that just didn't have a solidified starting running back Michael Carter is someone that a lot of people thought would go higher than the fourth round. And he just finds himself in a best case situation in terms of, uh, you know, just projected volume. So for me, Najee Harris, Michael Carter, and Amon Ross St. Brown guys, we should be targeting heavily in fantasy. I, I, I love, I love uh, them running backs because you know, Michael Carter, he a big, a big play waiting to happen. He, sir, so many big plays. And then, like you said, the Jets ain't really had nobody to, you know, utilize that spot. So, He's going to get a bunch of touches, man. He's definitely going to be in that backfield getting a bunch of touches. And if if the Steelers got a number one running back, you know what time it is with them. They threw screens all year last year because they didn't really have a back back there with Connor being hurt, things like that. So they know Najee can shoulder the load, man. He's going to be on the field all day. So I I, I love those two picks. But I'm going to go with the wideouts, man. I'm going to go with the new number one wideouts. Uh, Jamar Chase, he in the offense where they throw the ball a ton. And, and – you know he's back with he's back with Burrow, so I'm excited, man. You throw 20 touchdowns to a guy, it's 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 great chemistry there, and he's the best receiver in the draft, in my opinion. And you know it's 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 not the best passing defense over over in the in the AFC North, right? So you you got to look at the Ravens, but still it still it started off hot. They kind of fell off at the end, but man, you could throw the ball in the AFC North. You could throw the ball around over there. And then I like uh then I like uh Devontae, man. I think I think that's another. You link back up with your quarterback. I just like the immediate chemistry. That's what I like, man. I think with the offseason going to be the way it's going to be, you're going to have – it's not going to be like non-COVID years. You're going to have limited time with your team, limited time with your quarterback. So the the, the more you the more familiarity you have with them, I think going to be the better. So I think Devontae hop in, immediately be the number one receiver. And and – with that old line coming back in Philly, man, I like I like Philly to surprise a lot of people. And if if I expect Philly to be a good team, 
they got to have a number one receiver going crazy, and I think it's going to be Devontae. It's funny you brought that up, Akib, where, like, we did see all these teams really make an effort to pair their quarterback with a former yeah. team. Burrow got Chase. Uh, you know, Hurts obviously got Devontae. Tua got yeah, Waddle. Tua. They even gave uh, Trevor Lawrence, you know, ETN to kind of fill up Exactly. That That's so, almost like a wide out, right? He going to catch him. He going to catch a lot of passes for sure. Yeah, Trevor. exactly. So, I mean, it's, it's tough to immediately expect the rookies to, you know, have this high efficiency, but it can't hurt being with the guy that they've already caught passes from. Exactly. And then I don't, I, don't, I don't know how you feel about this top 10 in, but uh, I think this top 10 here is second to none, man. I, I ain't seen a top 10 like this in, in, in the, at least the last five years, right? I think they hit on every pick, and I'm excited to see what this top 10 going to do in this fantasy world, man, because it's a bunch of talent, a bunch of talent in these top 10 picks. Even Kyle Pitts, man, like we can call him a tight end all we want. The guy's a number right. one pass game option. You know, he really is in that, uh, you know, Kelsey, Kittle, Waller mode where oh, you yeah. can make him Immediately. the league guy. I'm a little worried because, you know, Julio, Ridley, they're going to be getting their targets too. But I think there are some passing games like Cincinnati, you know, like Atlanta, like Dallas, where, you know, it's got to be the right spot. But I think they can right. enable more than two uh, fantasy relevant guys. Definitely. Exactly excited to watch that Cincinnati offense. And I guess as we look at, we'll look at more offenses in general uh, here in a bit, but do want to get to some players whose stock might be down. You guys referenced uh, Travis Etienne last year, James Robinson. If you had him on your fantasy fo football roster, particularly during that playoff stretch, you pretty good chance you won. But this past, this past draft, uh, here comes Travis Etienne. Take it. He's going to take some uh, possessions here from James Robinson. Uh, Ian, are, are there any other players that you see have potentially a negative impact when it comes to the fantasy football uh perspective yeah possessions i think he's gonna take that whole backfield from james robinson man <laughs> it's unfortunate i mean he was great last year but matters what urban meyer thinks not us and he values etn as a first round pick uh you know he can talk about you know being a three-back committee as much as he wants but i think by uh you know october we're gonna see etn be the leader in that backfield i think a similar case could be made for Devonte williams over melvin gordon the broncos could actually save man a ton of money off gordon's deal if they can find a trading partner so you know we'll see there are teams like the falcons uh the Dolphins that didn't really add to the position. I'm not so sure 2021 version of Melvin Gordon is someone that a lot of teams are going to have huge trade interest for, but either way, it's a two back backfield. And now with Javante there, you know, threatening Gordon's touches, I certainly want the uh, rookie in the equation with the wide receivers. I'm with Akeem. I think Jamar, I think Devontae, I think Waddle are probably going to be the number one guys in the new offenses. And that's mm -hmm. great for their quarterbacks. It's not so great for the other receivers that are already there. I think they'll be fine. Fuller, Higgins, Boyd, Parker, even to a lesser extent, Jalen Rager. These guys have already proven that they're great NFL receivers. But in fantasy land, we really want to chase that volume. And now we're looking at, you know, 100 to 110 targets as opposed to the 130, 140 that we could have seen if they had left it alone. So, you know, this is great news for, again, Burrow, Tua, um, even Jalen Hurts. Like all these guys are, I think, stock up. And from a fantasy perspective, just, you know, there's only so only one football, so many targets to go around. It's going to be uh, crowded and passing games that aren't quite like, or, I mean, with the exception of the Bengals, who we mentioned, I don't quite have the same confidence in the Eagles or the Dolphins enabling all these fancy relevant receivers. Right, yeah, somebody, somebody number is gonna come down. I, exactly. I actually got the same. I'm look, I'm looking at. I got Javante, and then I got the the Eagles receiving core, Dolphins receiving core. Like that's that's who's stock coming down. I got the same exact thing. Uh, Ian hit it on the head. Same page. Uh, there we go. <laughs> exactly, man. It's with 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 Jalen Waddle being around, Fuller. Some of those some of those drawn up deep passes to Fuller. 
not half of them going to go to Waddle, right? So uh, some of those post-corner double moves, triple moves, one-man routes or two-man routes, block them up and let two guys run routes, it's not just going to be Fuller all the time, man. Now he's going to have to split those things with Waddle. It's going to be the who's ever the healthiest to get the deep balls this week, right? So Akeem, some, some of the guys I had on my list. Who do you have uh, going into the draft better, Devontae Smith or uh, Jalen Waddle? I had Devontae Smith. So if I, if I was a GM and, and I needed a wide out, I was going Devontae Smith just because I feel like I feel like he's more of our ex receiver. We can ask him to kind of do everything. And I think Waddle was kind of, you know, our big play hitter, maybe reverses, some screens, block him up, deep balls, and, and you know, some special teams and stuff like that. So I think just right now the game Devontae Smith game is just a little more polished, better routes. I think he I think he's just as good catching deep balls and getting deep. Uh so I, th- I think he a little, maybe a little older, a little more mature. You know, he's 23 years old. So I, I, I would have went with Devontae Smith. What about you? You know, I thought Waddle maybe just with the overall explosiveness factor. But now I got to change my opinion because I think Smith is just going to have probably the highest overall target total of any of these guys. I mean, they just have Definitely. no one else to throw the ball to in Philly. So, yeah, right now in the ranks, I mean, I got Jamar Chase as my wide receiver one. But for me, it's kind of a 1A, 1B, honestly, with exactly. Devontae. So, uh, it's uh, you know, there's a lot of good guys entering this. I'm happy that the Eagles traded up for Smith and didn't let this, uh, you know, weight thing become a big problem because as oh, much as perfect. people – yeah, as much as people want to talk about there hasn't been, you know, many receivers weighing 170 pounds. Like, the NFL today is so different than it was 10, 15 years ago. Completely we got to keep different. that in mind, too. And then you just got to look at – just look at the tape, man. And, and if a guy was little and he was getting thrown around, you would see it on tape. But it happened exactly. in college, right? Instead, you see him climbing over people's head, mossing guys, and that's <laughs> what I look at. He's 160 or 170, 170 pounds, right? But he's 6'1". He shit, he my height. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> With long arms and like, come on, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They only could touch him for five yards. After that, you got to run with his little ass, right? <laughs> so he a problem, man. I'm telling you, I know receivers. I know deadly receivers when I see him. Man, whoever the wide receiver coach is in, in, in Alabama, he got all them guys running their routes the same. Man, they got great routes, man. They all come out with great hands. You know what I'm saying? Judy had them drops last year. I expect him to bounce back this year. But I love whoever the receiver coach at Alabama, man. I love what he's doing. Guys, uh, that was a great get back, uh, go back and forth. Uh, I think a lot of people should have brought out their notepads and make sure they got right uh, for the entirety of this episode. We're not done. Uh, you talked about deadly receivers. Uh, there's also deadly defenses. So last year, Ian, uh, when Akiva and I were doing the show, uh, we were talking about some players that we targeted during the playoff stretch because the schedules were just too easy. For example, uh, Jonathan Taylor, David Montgomery. If you had those guys, particularly for the for the playoff run, not necessarily the, the majority of the regular season, but the playoff run, you're going to do pretty well. Uh, and I kind of take that same mindset when I'm potentially drafting a wide receiver and I look at some of their matchups. And there's some no-fly zone secondaries that are just dangerous to go against if you have a number one receiver he's going against Xavier Howard you're not really going to get him maybe you might not get him at a number one uh wide receiver slot I'm wondering if are there any defenses and it might not necessarily be secondaries but do you see any defenses that are so good uh that you you might say to yourself hey if it's this receiver versus this receiver and this guy is in this team's division I'm gonna have to stay away because I know they're gonna see them at least two times any 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 defenses that would impose that level of threat to a guy's fantasy football candidacy in terms of season-long leagues? 
So I'm a firm believer of start your studs. I mean, look, Julio Jones can be facing the Dolphins, and that's an objectively tougher matchup than if he's facing the Bengals, but we're still starting Julio freaking Jones. So I think we need to not overreact to what we think we know about defenses. Obviously, you know, I hate when people say defenses that don't matter in fantasy football, but all they're trying to say is it's very tough for us to uh, properly kind of figure out how much they're going to matter in fantasy. As you know, I remember there's a game a couple years ago where Josh Norman shadowed Odell Beckham, but he only did it on the outside and Beckham didn't have a catch against Norman. So you could say like, yeah, that's a tough matchup. Well, Beckham also had over hundred yards from the slot. So it's just not <laughs> always something we can properly measure beforehand. If we knew every single team's game plan, then maybe, but obviously, obviously that's not a reality. With that said, the two defenses, I think got a lot better. One, the Washington football team. I mean, they've given me some like just 2019 49ers vibes, all those first round picks on the defensive yeah. line. We saw all the pressure they were already having last year. And one of the more underrated free agent signings I thought was getting William Jackson over there. I Huge. Mean, yeah, man. I mean, it's not like he had a bunch of help over there in Cincy. So let's put him on a defense where he has that pass rush. Doesn't have to worry about covering for more than three seconds every time. I think Washington, look, again, no, don't fade the Cowboys when they're playing Washington. I get it. But that defense is going to be scary. And if Fitzpatrick and those receivers can put up some numbers, man, uh, they might just be back-to-back NFC East champs. I would also point out the yeah. Chargers getting Asante Samuel Jr. round two to replace Casey Hayward I thought was great. They don't have like as loaded of a cornerback room as maybe they did a few years ago with very But it's cool though. Derwin James, please, man, just please get Derwin James back. It's been so sad not being able to watch that guy. But, hey, man, Derwin James is out there covering Keenan Allen in practice. I'd like to see what he can do in the regular season. Hopefully, hopefully Joey Bosa, too. You know, every year I feel like we look at the Chargers on paper and we say, oh, man, they're capable of so much. Maybe, <laughs> just maybe, in 2021, it all comes to fruition. I don't know about every year, but definitely since my LeBron been over there, I've been looking at him every year, every year. Like, it'll be good this year, man. Here they go. But I like I like what they got going in the secondary, man. I think Mike Dave is going to really turn that corner. I just had a conversation with Chris about Mike, and he was like, leave. We got to get him to the D. We got to get him right, bro. He's one of them. So he really like him, so I really like him. And like you said, you bring Sante in to play on that outside. He got great. He's small. But, man, when that ball in the air, he's second to none, man. He got great ball skills. You ain't catching no deep balls on him. And then you know Chris in the slot. He the best in the league. Oh, yeah. You get you get a Derwin James back, man, that's secondary and defense, period. That is dangerous defense. But I but I go to Browns, man. I like what the Browns is doing, man. They they bring in ball hawks. JJ, uh, John Johnson from the Rams, they bring in Troy. Troy's a starting corner. They draft Newsom, you know what I'm saying? So that's that's kind of a battle. Who's going to start right here? They got two young guys, Gritty and Ward, from last year. They got a bunch of corners, man. They got a bunch of safeties. Then they just they draft uh, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa out of Notre Dame, man. So I think he's just going to add a level of coverage, just a just a level of uh, a talent in that middle, man. So they bring it, they bringing something to the table at linebacker now. So they also add Clowney up front, man. You got a great rush. You got a great secondary. So I think that's going to work hand-in-hand. And I'm telling you, second year, Joe Woods, too. D coordinator, Joe Woods. Second year, second year there, man. He kind of in his bag. He know the guys now. And, and it's, it'll be their second year in his defense, right? So I'm excited to see what the Browns going to do, man. I think they're going to make a lot of noise on defense. Man, and the key yeah, go sorry, ahead, real quick, I just want to say, like, the offense, you know, they were the first team in our PFF era to have number one run blocking and pass blocking offensive line. Loaded backfield if Baker keeps playing the way he did last year. We know that 
side of the field is solved. And man, like you said, Akeem, I mean, they just added so many pieces on defense. I wonder if we could maybe, and I was trying to look for 2021 defensive MVP odds. Maybe this is the year, with all due respect to Aaron Donald, I get it. He can win it every single year, potentially. But right. Maybe this is the year Miles Garrett just gets that 20 sack season Ooh. that we know he's capable yeah. of. We saw that dude like bursting out of his damn suit when he was announcing the pick at the draft. You know, I feel like he was starting to get there before the whole helmet thing happened in 2019. You know, maybe just adding, you know, having Clowney across from him, having actual, you know, extra pieces in the secondary to make right. quarterbacks think twice about getting rid of the ball quick. You know, we all know Miles Garrett's the best guy in Cleveland, but now that there's not, you know, this just massive gap between him and everyone else, maybe we see the best version of him as well. Akeem, I'm surprised uh, when we were talking about defenses, particularly some secondaries, uh, you didn't reference a former team of yours that got us a DB in the first round. Yeah, I, I, I like what uh I like what uh the Broncos is doing too, man. They they almost revamped all their corners, right? They they had two dog safeties already. And then, you know, they bring in they bring in Darby, they bring in Fuller, and, and Fuller was like a steal in free agency to me. Like he wasn't even expected to be a free agent, but when he, he come free, the Broncos grab him, man. That's a great starting left corner for you on that strong side. And then uh, like you said, they bring in Pastor Tan first round. Shh. I love that secondary too. So I mean, it was. I, I thought I was only naming one, Harrison. You understand? Know but if I can name two, if I can name two, I was going Broncos, baby. I'm telling you. Keep. Is there a team that sticks out where you're like, man, everybody should be able to fly over this defense? Because for me, man, I look at the Cardinals and it's like. Robert Alford, Malcolm Butler, Byron Murphy, they better hope that Chandler Jones comes back, you know, with a vengeance and can get pressure because I'm just not sure if they're going to be able to hold up in that NFC West. I thought, I was thinking that too. I, I, I just knew they was going to go corner. I thought one of the corners, Pastor Tan or, or Horn or at least Fairley, I thought somebody was going to fall to them and, and they was going to have to take them, right? I'm like, they got to replace Pat Pete. I mean, I like Butler. I like Alford. Y'all, y'all solid corners, man, but you need big dogs, man. We need big dogs, especially in, in, in that NFC West, man. So I feel you on that. I'm a little nervous. I'm a little nervous for that defense, too. Zayvon <laughs> Connors, you get a linebacker who can run, he can fly, he can cover. You got some tight ends over there, too. So I, I, I agree with you, Ian. I was a little nervous about them Cardinals defense, Cardinals DBs as well. Yep. DeAndre Hopkins, for sure, having a lot of fun uh, in, practice. In, practice, <laughs> in practice this year, for sure. Call to the Booth is excited to announce our partnership with Blue Wire Podcast Network. You can catch all this dope content all off season and in season. Follow us on social media at Call to the Booth. All right, uh, Ian, get us, if you can get us kicked off, one wide receiver whose stock is up. Yeah, I think Nelson Aguilar, man. And look, you can keep putting that dropping babies meme out there. Anytime anyone's talking about Aguilar, like I get it. The guy hasn't been the most consistent throughout his career, but man, he had the one really good year in Philly when they won the Super Bowl, where he emerged as, you know, kind of a yak monster from the slot. And then last year with the Raiders, we all expected Henry Ruggs to be the guy to really open up that offense in Derek Carr. It was Aguilar and he still, you know, had his fair share of drops, but you know what? At some point drops are more of a in, like indicator that you're getting wide open 
open. Like Akib, you said you're not worried about Judy's drops. Neither am I. Just watch the guy run routes. Like he's mm -hmm. going to be fine. And I think Aguilar, you know, finds himself in a New England offense that might get more pass heavy if, if and when they move on from Cam Newton to Mac Jones. And while they have those tight ends, there really aren't any other wide receivers other than Kendrick Bourne, Jacoby Myers to get those targets. So Aguilar's someone where I think he's efficient enough with 100 or so targets to really make the most out of them. And the fact they didn't add any, you know, big time resources to the wide receiver room. Great news for him. I think we talked about the stock down kind of ones already, the Cincy, Philly, Miami complimentary wide receivers. Hey, you know, maybe we see Tua, we see Burrow, and we see uh, Hertz just take these huge step forward. We just got to be careful again in these crowded offenses of expecting too much from guys that when it's all said and done might be number three, number four in total targets. Akeem, I got one for you. Uh, Allen Robinson, mm -hmm. stock up or stock down? Stock up. I think I think Allen Robinson is in a good place right now, man. Uh, he got a you got a vet quarterback who who's gonna feed you the ball. He he know how to get you the ball because he's been getting the number one receiver the ball his whole entire career, right? That's how he made his career, right? Throwing the ball to AJ, but uh, but uh, now you got Justin Fields, you got a a, a young goon who's who probably gonna play. It matter how he come out and look in training camp or when they first see him, but the more NFL ready he looked to them, he's probably gonna play. And uh, what better way, man, to, to, you know, welcome you to the NFL than with a number one receiver, a 50-50 ball guy. And if you get in trouble, you always can just throw it up to Allen Robinson, right? So I think he's happy, man. I think he, he was kind of up in the air about his future. I think if the Bears wanted to sign him now, I think he'd be interested in signing there now, now that he got a, few, a quarterback of the future. I'm so, so happy. I'm so happy for him and Terry McLaurin. They were like looking like their generations, like Andre Johnson, just never having really a great quarterback <laughs> to throw them the ball. I mean, Robinson, even going back to Penn State, man, he's caught passes from Matt McGloin, Christian Hackenberg, Blake Bortles, Chad Henney, <laughs> Chase Daniel, Mitch Trubisky, and Nick Foles. Those guys have had some good years, unfortunately, a few good years here and there. Unfortunately, not many with A-Rob in the picture. So, yeah, man, Robinson was someone where with Dalton under center, I was like, well, he's overcome this before, but I really yeah, like, wish he like, didn't here have we to go again. this. Right. <laughs> and now hopefully we'll actually get a better ceiling with it. So, for sure. Right. So, I got a follow-up on Alan for you guys. Ian, you mentioned looking at defensive MVP odds. I haven't seen them. I have not seen wide receiver leader odds either. But, like, Allen Robinson is a guy who's, like, looking after free agency. Hey, if they don't franchise tag him, if he lands somewhere else. But do either of you guys, Akeem or Ian, think he's worth a look at, like, I don't know, what do you say, like 20, 25 to 1 to lead the league in receiving yards? Absolutely. I don't like it. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> you like it, Ian? I don't like it. I, I think the I think the quarterback situation is it's stable, you know what I'm saying? But I still don't think it's, it's, it's stable enough to lead the league in receiving, man, when – if I'm if I'm a if I'm a if I'm a pick somebody to lead the league and receiving it's it's probably gonna be a, a a good old line somebody who's you know a solid quarterback it's, just, it's the situation just gonna look way better to me. Yeah, look, I would not call him the favorite by any stretch of the imagination. It's more of just hey, if we can get twenty five to one odds on one of only three receivers to have over 150 targets last year, I think it could be uh, worth a longer shot play with it. He's going to need the efficiency to go up a lot, but maybe that happens uh, with fields. We shall see. I think, uh, you know, I'm, I would imagine Diggs or Hopkins will deservedly, or maybe Adams will be the favorites, but you know, if Rogers decides to take his talents elsewhere, A-Rob can maybe at least lead the uh, NFC North. Exactly. I want to switch over to the running backs. There's some interesting candidates, some guys who switch teams, uh, for example, we saw Mike Davis have like a little 
mini renaissance while he's with the Carolina Panthers last year. Now he's in Atlanta, and it doesn't look like uh, – that he's going to have too much competition there potentially at the running back position. Do you have any running backs, uh, Ian, that you really might see an uptick? Obviously, we mentioned Najee Harris already. We discussed the Jets situation with their rookie running back as well. Now, I think you're spot on with Mike Davis and another guy that basically had the similar thing happen, just being a starter before the draft and their team decided not to draft another running back is Miles Gaskin in Miami. And he kind of caught everyone by a surprise last year. But when he was out there, PPR RB 12, uh, just from a per game basis. So I think Gaskin, you know, hey, he was able to, you know, they brought in Jordan Howard. They bought, brought in Matt Breida last season. He beat those guys out and now they're comfortable with him. So great news for him. I think Joe Mixon actually could finally get that pass down work we've been hoping for for their running back coach even came out over the weekend and said they don't want to take him off the field on third downs look like Giovanni Bernard is gone so it's not the same situation as last year I know Mixon has burnt some people in the past but just realize before this guy got hurt last year he was number one in touches and again want to chase that volume in fantasy land uh only guy I would say really stocked down that I'm disappointed with is uh Raheem Moster and he could Dude, I mean, only Raheem Moster and Tyree Kill have hit 23 miles per hour per next-gen stats. Like, this dude can fly. So, if anyone can make the most out of 10 to 12 carries, I know I certainly think it's Moster. But, you know, it matters what Kyle Shanahan thinks. And he likes Trey Sermon enough to put a third-round pick on him. I am a little bit worried that we see San Fran end up being just more of a committee backfield with Trey Lance probably taking Definitely. some carries himself. Yeah, you know, you know, San Fran, they they run the healthiest back. Who whoever yeah. whoever's not in the training room, that's who start this week, man. So that could be anybody. For sure. All right, we're gonna go. Let's go to a a, a quarterback. We'll, we'll end on this. A quarterback, Ian. That you know, you got your Mahomes, you got your uh, Aaron Rodgers, but let's say a quarterback that's worth maybe looking at later in the draft. I know, like I think a couple of years back, a lot of people messed around and got Deshaun Watson when he was just uh, getting his start. Or some people last year started off with Joe Burrow. Um, last year, Justin Herbert won me a fantasy football championship. Can I say who uh, I think before Ian go? <laughs> yeah, you got, oh, you got it. It's your show. <laughs> hey, Jalen Hurts, man. I don't know why I think Philly is – Philly going to make some noise this year, man. Mm -hmm. They're going to get that old line back. I think that's what it is. When I look at that old line that they got, and they, you know they – all of them was hurt last year, so the whole O-line is gone. It's hurt. Now they bring the whole O-line back, and then they bring in uh, 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 Landon. What, what's my dog named Landon? Uh, Alabama. Alabama. Landon Collins? Landon Collins. No, 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 no. The center. That's the safety, the, oh, yeah. Oh, the center. Oh, the center. Uh, I got you. What's my dog name, man? They just they just brought him in, right? He plays center, but they got Kelsey, but he could play guards as well. So they almost got a backup for the whole interior of the line. Landon Dick with Dickerson. Landon Dickerson. With Landon Dickerson, you know what I'm saying? They just brought him in. He's a dog, man, I'm telling you. He could play center. He could play both guards, man. So with that old line coming back, man, Jalen Hurts, he getting a real number one receiver. He already loved Ward. He throw the rock to Ward. I called that game. He, yeah. You could see it in warm-ups. Him and Ward just on the same page. It must be the quarterback-to-quarterback quarterback thing. So, I just think he got great weapons around him, man. You bring that old line back, uh, Miles Sanders. He got a big playability, man. I I, I go Jalen Hurts is gonna be a fantasy fool next year. Yeah. No, I'm I'm with you, man. He's my QB six. The only, I guess people. 
a lot of people think Hurts, I guess, is going like later. And I think everyone's just kind of agreeing like this guy's going to be great. He, even though he's not the most polished passer yet, he still threw for over 300 yards and two of his starts. We know what he can do on the ground. And to your point about the line improving, like everything's just improved from Jalen Hurts. So I hear you there. If you want to get Hurts and then maybe a later round guy, though, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is someone that ended up winning in a big way. Ron Rivera wouldn't name him the starter because he just wants to, you know, say we're all competing and this and that, but they didn't draft anybody. So all it is is Taylor Heineke who you know played his ass off against the Buccaneers in that playoff game. That's great, but let's face it. Fitzpatrick, whenever he's been on the field for the past three years, has been fantastic for fantasy. He was the QB1 in weeks one through three in 2018 when Jameis was suspended. In 2019, when he took over for Rosen, he was the QB2 behind only Lamar Jackson in weeks seven through 17. And then last year, he was the QB8 before Tua you know, took his job after week six. I think as we all saw, Hey, don't blame them for trying to see what they have with Tua, but Fitzpatrick was objectively the better quarterback last year. So now you give them Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, Diami Brown, who I thought was one of the better, uh, you know, third round and on wide receivers. I just think this Washington passing game could put up some numbers and Fitzpatrick is going outside the top 20 right now. So yeah, give me Hurts over uh, Fitzpatrick for sure. But cost adjusted, I think uh, Fitzmagic has another great year in him. Terry McLaurin, stock Stop. up or stock down? I think it's up. I think it's up. I don't think. I don't think. Uh, from a fantasy football Samuel, now, from a fantasy football perspective, though. But I, I think Samuel almost help him, man. He takes some of the pressure off of him, right? You put Samuel on the other side. You got Fitz, Fitzpatrick who can spread the ball around. I think McLaurin needed another guy to come in and have somebody on the other side so he can, you know, take some of the eyes, take some of the attention off me, right? So I think it's up, man. I think he gonna have a lot better, a, a much better season. Shit. <laughs> than he had last year. He got Fitzpatrick throw the ball downfield. You know, Alex Smith, he's he's conservative. Alex going to try to win the game and try not to lose the game. Fitzpatrick going to definitely try to win the game. He going to throw the ball, man. So I think it's up. I mean, it's by far the best quarterback he's been playing with. I mean, Kyle Definitely. Allen, Dwayne Haskins, like these guys, maybe they turn to something more, but just based on what we saw from them, uh, not so much. And yeah, you look at Fitzpatrick's number one wide receiver just over the years, the amount of kind of just veteran guys he's gotten like a six, second or third contract is out of this world. I mean, Brandon Marshall with the Jets had 173 targets one year. Andre Johnson got 146. Stevie Johnson was tearing it up on those Bills teams. Man, I, that he used to be fun to watch. But uh, yeah, man, so I think Patrick and McLaurin. McLaurin's going to be the number one guy. I think Curtis and Diami will get this. And as I keep said, I think they complement McLaurin enough that we don't really have to worry about them overlapping. So, yeah, McLaurin's a top 12 uh, fantasy wide receiver, regardless of the format. Ian, this has been absolutely spectacular. Uh, appreciate your time. Before we, before we get out of here, uh, I'm wondering, uh, and you've won your fair share of fantasy football leagues, I assume. Um, who's the most famous person that you've beaten? Ooh. Because um, yeah. uh, you know, we're going to put a league together this year. Keith might want some smoke. <laughs> oh, I'd love Definitely. to. <laughs> um, Definitely want some smoke. There we, there we go. Let's get it, man. Let's uh, let's see what happens. Now nah, it's it's all fun, man. But yeah, I was in a, it was something like ten or eleven leagues last year, which was too many, man. If you guys think that's a bunch, I have some friends out here that are in like 70, 80. So, oh, but now nah, it's uh, yeah, man. How can you, you keep gotta, up? Exactly. You gotta have uh, some time to have fun and actually watch the game. So, but yeah, appreciate you guys having me on. Always uh, good to talk some ball. I'm happy we finally got these rookies on teams. Really in the thick of the off season now. Definitely, definitely. Sure. Appreciate it, Ian.